I'm Emma Louise Coffey, and you're welcome to the Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights, and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's show, Brian Gary, nutrition expert from Chagas, discusses the main factors to consider for extending lactation of cows through the winter. So, before we decide to milk on cows through the winter, um, the first thing I would advise farmers to do would be to take st- uh, stock of silage supplies on their farm. And I suppose work out how much fodder they need for their their cows for the winter, and how much extra fodder would be required to maintain those cows that are I suppose extra uh, uh, that they will milk on through the winter. Especially if they are cold cows that will be empty and maybe surplus to requirements in the farm. In other cases, and um, I suppose that's the first thing. And if they have a deficit in that situation, especially if they're going to continue on milking on uh, empty cows, I would advise maybe to against milking on to the winter because you will only roll into problems with fodder supply maybe in the spring and in that situation uh, you, know, you will you will reduce the production of your spring calving cows because you will have inadequate forage supplies for them uh, in the springtime. So if we consider a cow, Brian, milking 15 litres at the moment, she's on a grass uh, concentrate diet. Uh, when she's housed and on silage, what sort of silage quality does she require? Yes, yeah, so I suppose... Ideally, the higher quality silage the cow could get, the better, uh, especially when she's lactating. So we'll be looking for silage there in excess of maybe 72 DMD would be advisable. Now, I suppose across the country, given the year that was in it, uh, farmers are happy to get any silage in, in their in their supplies for the winter. So I suppose from that point of view, silage quality might be variable on farms. Uh, and I suppose our first co- or second cuts in particular might be down quality if they were um, harvested later or had a lot of stem in them or depending on when they were cut they might be very wet so the quality of those mightn't be great for lactating cows and so from that point of view I suppose the answer to your question is the higher the quality the better but I suppose if it's in the 60s in the DMD so if it's down at 66 DMD it'll require more concentrate to be fed to the animals and like what sort of um, what sort of feed levels are you talking about in terms of concentrate um, like how low can you feed and, and up to what limit would you go to maintain milk production yeah, so I suppose with late lactation milk, there's a couple of factors at play. I suppose first thing is I suppose how late lactation uh, biology works in the animal. So the animal will produce milk. The yield of milk is highly dependent on the amount of energy produced, and this will come from her, her the, the lactose concentration in the milk. So in order to maintain the lactose concentration, you need to feed um, enough energy to maintain that. So uh, a concentrate there, probably at three kilos or thereabouts, will be in advisable in lot situations unless silage quality is very good and 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 when silage quality is poor you could be looking at in excess of this and i suppose when you go into higher levels of concentrate especially given the prices this year uh, dairy rations making over 300 euros a ton and uh, it's highly possible that the margin on the milk you will produce will be very low to minimal in those situations and if we consider, like I, I, I'm talking about a typical silage concentrate diet, are there any other higher quality feeds that we could source for lactating cows in December, January? There are other forages available, and I suppose if we look around the country, there are um, supplies of brassica crops there that are available for, for, for grazing. I suppose one item to note of them is to maybe limit the amount of them in the milking cow diet due to the risk of taint in the, in, in the milk produced, which is one thing that can occur there. Other things such as... Um, Fodder beet is a highly valuable crop for uh, feeding to cows, very good source of energy. 
uh, but there can be labour issues and maybe uh, management issues on farm about how to chop it, chop it and to feed it out to animals and um, that can be an issue on some farms where they haven't got the facilities to do that. Uh, maize silage is also another option but unless you are close to a place where maize was grown it may not be uh, a good source for for are a good option in that situation due to the high high cost of getting it into the yard. And just to go back on the brassicas, what sort of an upper limit would you have on the inclusion of the diet there? I suppose you'd be looking at about 25% of the diet uh, for a lactating cow. You can go higher, obviously, with the dry cow, but with the lactating cow, 25% is kind of where we recommending. Okay. And if we consider going back then, um, you mentioned lactose and, you know, lactose tends to decline in late lactation. What is the um, the limit in terms of that we'd like to, we wouldn't like to go below on farms for lactose? Yeah, so lactose concentration is, I suppose, vitally important from a processability point of view. So for the milk to be used and, and made into a product, it needs to have a good lactose concentration. So we've been looking to keep milk lactose levels there above 4.3 and ideally higher than that if possible. Once you go below that and even down below 4.2, uh, you're looking at penalties there, which will can be very severe and can be uh, very, very detrimental to any income from that, from that milk produced. And then if we just turn our attention to body condition score, Brian, what sort of condition are cows in across the country at the moment? Yeah, so just from, from looking at a few herds across the country that I visited recently, I would say that a lot of cows are in good condition, but uh, due to the amount of uh, concentrate that's been fed this summer, and I suppose even though the, 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 there was very little fodder around, the cows were still well fed due to the um, amount of concentrate they were getting. Now, I suppose that's, that has a plus side that they're in good condition, but I suppose we need to monitor that over the winter and not to let it uh, reduce. And I suppose depending on the, the forage quality that they get over the dry period, that will dictate how they calf down. But in general, cows are in fairly good condition. But as always, there is uh, thin cows in every herd and there are cows that are probably borderline overfattened every herd as well. And see, where we consider milking on a cow that is due to calve in April, uh, when should we dry her off uh, based on condition? Yeah, so based on her body condition score, we would say, I suppose the first thing is all, all cows need approximately eight weeks or thereabouts dry period. So, um, you know, that's about two months in advance or 60 days really you'd want to be looking at for, for a dry cow for them to heal up their, their udder and get ready for the following lactation. Um, and I suppose... If a cow is calving down the 1st of April, you wouldn't want to be making them um, too too late into the month of January. So you're looking at drying them off the 1st of February thereabouts uh, and give them two months off there. And where are um, our feed supplies are adequate? Um, so, you know, not necessarily happening on a lot of farms this year. Would you expect to see um, any impact in subsequent lactations where you milk on? Uh, no, provided the dry cow period is of sufficient length and the nutrition of the cows during the dry period is fine, so they have enough protein and um, you know, time to recuperate and uh, they have enough energy in their diet and enough condition score calving down, there should be no knock-on effect on their subsequent pr- production levels. Has there been any work done in terms of the um, kind of a cost-benefit analysis? So where you're milking on, you know, is there a financial benefit to a farm versus drying off, say, before Christmas? Yeah, so I suppose there's probably two types of cows out there from this point of view. If you're looking at a cost benefit, there's the late calving cow and there's the empty cow. So if you look at the late calving cow uh, and I say you milk around for 60 days and she's doing 15 litres a day on average, um, you're probably looking there in the region of an income from that cow of about 360, 330 to 360 euros over those 60 days. 
Um, so you're looking there about six euros a day of an income. Where I suppose you have the cost for that cow, then I say if you have feeding her 10 kilos of silage and you're feeding about four kilos a meal or maybe more, uh, you could run into a cost there in the region of, I suppose, 100 euros or thereabouts for, for silage and maybe another 80 to 100 euros for for the meal feeding for that cow. So you could be looking there in the region of 200 euros in cost. So you might make 100 to 130 euros marginal uh, over your feed costs. So then you have to include other costs such as labour, the cost of putting on the milk machine, and there'll be a critical mass for that as well. So you need to have a, a num- enough cows to be able to justify turn on the milking machine as well, and all the other, I suppose, ancillary milking costs such as you know, detergents and teat dips and so forth. So there's a, a, a large number of costs associated with milking on over the winter, and it's not just the feed cost alone. I suppose for the empty cow then, uh, where it's a different situation, I suppose, where there's not enough uh, fodder available on farm, I would suppose you'd have to really question the, the, the economics of keeping that cow to let her eat a lot of silage to produce small enough quantities of milk over the winter period when you need that feed for other animals on the farm. And I suppose for that cow, the options might be to sell her off, even though cow prices are low at the moment, uh, or as you could put her on maybe a high concentrate diet if you wanted to do that as well and a minimal a minimal uh, forage diet in that situation. Uh, I suppose the danger with that would be that she would cost a lot of money to keep the cow over the over the period, but I suppose over a short period could allow the cow to increase in her, in her body weight and also produce milk at the same time. Just to pick up on that, so if you have a late calving cow, the margin of production over feed, you're talking about 100 to 130 euro, and then you need to take in the other costs. Where fodder is tight, which is a situation on a lot of farms this year, what are your recommendations, Brian? Yeah, so I suppose where fodder is tight, I suppose, and farmers have a very stressful year, I suppose, you need to maybe question, do you need to take a break, take a step back before the spring calving period and re- and get um, to a break from, from the milking process, I suppose. And other, I suppose, things I'd say there are that... Um, you know, heavy facilities on farm to, to feed that cow. So I suppose, can you group those cows that would be milked over the winter separately? And I suppose on a lot of farms we see, or we go around to, we see not a sufficient uh, feed space on those farms for all the cows to eat. So uh, in those situations where you haven't enough silage on the farm and you have to restrict feed, or restrict the amount of silage they're getting, you know, the feed space available to the dry cow, let's say, uh, and in that situation you'd want to maybe have the empty cows off the farm so that it wouldn't complicate the system for that period of time. That's great. Thank you, Brian. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Brian Gary for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Google podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge.